A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, guys, and welcome to a new episode of Couch Talks on Uni Therapy Podcast. My name is Kat. I am your host. And if you are wondering what Couch Talks is, it is the special bonus episode that comes out every Wednesday where I answer questions that you guys send to me. And you can send those to Catherine, K A T H R Y N, at unitherapypodcast.com. Now, quick reminder, and I like to make this reminder a little bit louder on days that I'm answering your questions that this podcast does not serve as a replacement or substitute for actual mental health services. However, they're allowed to help you on your journey. Okay, so we are in the dead center of NIDA week, which is National Eating Disorders Awareness Week. And Monday, I put out an episode about the space between this diet culture, anti-diet culture kind of war that I personally feel is coming at us lately. And NIDA week is, is here. The purpose of it is to spread hope, to spread awareness, to spread resources, and really just give information, I think, is one of the biggest things is is educate and let people know that eating disorders are a thing and they are and can be very dangerous. And they are not so much things that just you see on the outside. I think in years past, eating disorders were kind of written off as, you know, it's it's somebody has that when they're severely underweight, but you can't see an eating disorder. And it's something that really lives deep inside our thoughts and our beliefs and in our brain. And we're not cutting people's brains open and looking at them as we walk down the street. And so part of what I wanted to do on Monday is just give some information and start a conversation about something that I think well, I know was was started to help this cause and has kind of, you know, been twisted and turned and kind of brought into something that it, it isn't so much. So if you haven't listened to that episode, please go do that. It is something that's very near and dear to my heart. It is something that I personally have seen myself ping pong back and forth in and I needed another solution that wasn't on one end of the spectrum or the other. And so we talked about what that is. 
Now, for Couch Talks, I wanted to answer some of your questions, direct questions that you have sent to me. These ones, the ones that I'm answering came to me through DMs. I put up a question box on my Instagram. And if you don't follow me, you can do that. You can follow the podcast at at Uni Therapy Podcast, and you can follow me at cat.defada. So I put up a question box and got some of these questions. And I, I like to mold common themed questions into one question so I kind of can kill more than one bird with a stone. What is that saying? Kill two birds with one stone, which I don't know if we're supposed to say that saying anymore, but that's what I was trying to do here, <laughs> be efficient. And so we're going to answer three questions. Because I'm doing three, usually on Couch Talks, I do one question a week so I can go more in depth. Because we're doing three, these are especially just going to be building blocks. I always like the answers to be building blocks, but this is like the first step towards the complexity that all of these questions really entail. So don't take them as all being and all knowing. There is so much more information. There is so much more to be said about these three questions, but I think that we can, you know, get off to a good start with talking about each one of these three things. Also a reminder, if you're thinking about sending a question in, I always keep them anonymous. You don't have to worry about somebody hearing something that you're asking about. So the first question is, how do we handle the roller coaster of feeling strong one day and then becoming obsessed and a little weaker when it comes to my recovery the next? And I want to start off answering this by saying recovery is very hard. Balancing enjoying food with all the noise that we hear and see around us is really tough. And that's one of the things I really harped on on Monday's episode is we hear so much. There's so much noise about what is right and what we should be doing. And so recovery is really hard because we're battling through what people are telling us is right and good and what actually feels right and good to us and what our eating disorder brain says is right and good. So it's really, really hard. And I want to start with that because the first thing I would say of, of how to handle this is offer yourself some grace that it's not that easy. It's not as easy as a podcast might say, as and even this podcast, I might say, do this, do that, offer yourself grace. Even offering yourself grace isn't that easy. There's more to it. And so it's not as easy as an Instagram post, do these three things. It's not that easy. And give yourself knowledge and knowing that this is hard work. Also, know your excuses. Sometimes I think we don't give ourselves enough credit for how much power and strength we do have over our choices and behaviors, even when it's tough. And so know your excuses. Know those little weak points that your eating disorder brain can come in and kind of be like, hey, this is actually better for us if we do this. Like, Know what that voice sounds like so you can prepare for it because what we know is there's going to be valleys. We know that. There's going to be really good moments, but we also know that in recovery, there is always going to be tough spots. And the way to move through those tough spots isn't by waiting till we get there and, and then saying, okay, what should we do? It's figuring out what to do before we get there because when we are there, it's the hardest point to make a decision out of logic. We're usually all in our emotional brain and we want to do what feels good and right in that moment. Now, we, when we are in the food-obsessed zone, the like I, struggling with whatever, I mean, I say food-obsessed and that's really what this, how this person asked that question, but whatever it is, uh, maybe it's body-obsessed, maybe it's food-avoidant, but we're in those tough zones for us. What I would really wonder in that moment is what is really going on? What, what's bringing this, in quotes, obsession on? And in AA, there is this saying, 
HALT. And it stands for Hungry, Angry, Lonely, Tired. And it's a good way to stop and see what's happening before I just give in to a feeling or urge in the moment. And self-care is really important here too because, I mean, HALT, Hungry, Angry, Lonely, Tired. Maybe there's something I need in that space that is self-care minded. And on the days that I just can't stop thinking about whether it's food or I want to eat all the food or I want to avoid all the food or I want to exercise or I want to avoid exercise or I want to do whatever behavior on those days when I can't stop thinking about those behaviors um, or those things, maybe what we're looking for is comfort and those things are comfort to us. Or maybe we're looking for joy or some splash of something that feels good, an endorphin of some of some sort. And are there other ways you can give that to yourself? So when I say like, kind of figure that out before you get there, make a list of things that that you can do that are easy and don't take a lot of effort and don't take a lot of, you know, getting things together to do. So you can offer yourself almost like quick comfort, but healthy comfort, comfort that's actually going to make us feel good in the long run versus make us feel good for a moment. And then we feel shame or guilt or one of those things. And then we have to do this whole cycle over again. The last thing I would say is don't do this alone right? You don't have to be perfect and you actually can't be perfect. And so when you're having a hard day, rather than creating a breeding ground for shame and keeping this all to yourself on the inside, call a friend or even just text a friend and say, Hey, today is tough. And even just saying that can help alleviate some of that pressure to like hold it all together. And that might even be the the catalyst that helps you make a decision and make a choice. One of those self-care choices that that feels good in the long run. So again, building block for that answer, but I hope that one was helpful. Let's move on to question number two. Hey guys, Kat here, and I have something very important to talk to you guys about. Now, I know you're used to hearing me talk about therapy and how important it can be for you and how transformative it can be for you in your life. But if you're somebody who's tried therapy and it just hasn't done the trick, or you just need a little extra boost, I think I've found the next best thing. And the next best thing might just be Cozy Earth and their bamboo sheets and their bamboo pajamas. It feels like you are stepping into a buttery, cozy, warm, and cool hug all at the same time. And that's just their pajamas. Don't even get me started on their sheets. As soon as I touched them, I said, okay, we're changing the sheets right now. And the bonus is they come in this really cute travel tote so you can take your sheets with you wherever you go. Elevate your summer getaway with Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding and loungewear, ensuring the comfort of home wherever you roam. We're all in luck because you can discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Visit CozyEarth.com and use our code UNEED at checkout to get 35% off. Yes, 35% off. And let them know that we sent you You Need Therapy after you check out. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for the eligible bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. 
I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so the next question is, how do I approach someone if I think they have an eating disorder? And I will answer this question a million times, and I probably have answered it in different episodes already, but it is so important to have this conversation mainly because when we don't know how to approach it, we usually avoid it or we go head first and then we kind of create like, you know, an explosion and then that we aren't helpful and then we don't want to approach it again. And so I love this question. I love answering this question. I like, I love talking about it. I live by the idea that people don't care how much you know, unless they know how much you care. And you can apply that to a bajillion different areas of your life. And if you were just to come up to me and say, you have this problem and this is what you need to do, all of my walls would come up and I would become very defensive. That feels very much like an attack. But if I hear first an air about how you care for me and I know that you're coming to me because you care about me and I'm feeling that relational aspect first and then I hear your concern, it feels much, much different. Or I even hear like what you know about something, like if you're applying this to other areas of your life. So that might look like you saying to somebody, hey, how are you doing? Before you say, hey, I noticed X, Y, Z. Like, hey, I wanted to check in with you. How are you doing? What's been going on? I want to know what's been on your heart, what's been on your brain. I want to hear. And then give them an opportunity to share. Now, I know what's kind of going through some of your brains is, is what if they just say like, I'm fine. What if they kind of just like put that hand up and you can reply to that. Like even a, I'm fine. That's starting a conversation. You can reply to that and you can say something like, well, I really want you to know that you're really important to me and, and I want to be here for you even when you're not fine. 
and I've noticed some stuff that feels a little off and out of character with you. And I'd like to check in to see if what I'm noticing is matching with what you've been experiencing. And so are you open to hearing that? And so I'm even with that part, I'm, I'm before I'm telling them what I'm seeing and I'm attacking them, I'm saying, hey, I've noticed some things. I want to kind of check in to see if I'm I'm picking up what you're actually putting down out there. And can we have that conversation? So you're asking for the door to be open versus you're just like banging down the door. And of course, you don't have to say it exactly like that. And, and you probably won't because we are going to put our own spins on all of these things. But the point is show the person that you care and give them a chance to open up before you go in and you attack. And even if you don't feel like it's attacking, it could feel like attacking to that other person if they are not open. And also, they might not say they're open. And and you can say, okay, well, thank you for letting me know. And I'm going to check back in with you to see if you're open in the future. And again, eating disorders are nuanced. And answer all, answering all these questions are nuanced. So you can't forever just like let them like keep the door locked shut. Because at some point, this might become really, really dangerous. And you might have to step in. And you might have to cross a boundary out of care and love for somebody. And so if that's something that's going on, please hear that like if somebody's in danger, different rules apply. (laughs) If somebody is in immediate danger, different rules are applied. That is, I mean, think about how confidentiality works with therapy. Like everything's confidential and I would never breach that at all unless there is a threat to like harm to yourself, harm to other people, harm to a vulnerable population. Like there are limits to that because after all, we want to keep each other safe. So I wanted to give that caveat. The other thing that is really helpful to accept before you go to share concern with somebody is that you can't help somebody who doesn't want help. And that is a therapy 101 lesson. It is something that therapists most of the time learn the hard way and we have to learn it a million times that we cannot help people who do not want to be helped. Um, Then we get in a power struggle and we push people away more than we invite them in to eventually be open for that help. And often your concern might not be received in the moment, but you might be planting a seed that blooms much later. And sometimes you don't get to see the bloom and that's okay. We just get to trust that there will be a bloom in the, in the future at some point. And I've shared a story a couple times on here about a friend that I had years ago. I, I mean, I still have this friend, but uh, I noticed some things that were pretty concerning to me. And this was back in the day of like, well, I guess Facebook Messenger is still a thing, but it was like way more a thing back then. And I remember I messaged her on Facebook and shared my concern. And she messaged me back very kindly, but kind of just said like, nothing's wrong. Thanks for sharing concern, but like, I'm fine. And years later, she came to me and said in so many words, hey, I really was struggling back then and I wasn't really ready to hear or accept your help and your care, but I want you to know that it meant a lot that you did speak up and say something because not a lot of people did and that was really important to me. And so even if they are not accepting your help in the moment, you don't know what's going on on the inside and sometimes the biggest boosts the biggest helps that we get from other people the things that make the biggest impact are just knowing that people care about us so let that be the center of your approach of letting somebody know that you care about them okay and number three our third question our final question 
Another really important question that pops up a lot is how do I know the difference and what is the difference between an eating disorder and disordered eating? And this one, I mean, all of these could have their own episode. This one really could have its own episode. Now, the rule I really have here is it doesn't really matter which is which. What's really important here is if your life is being negatively impacted by your thoughts, by your behaviors, by your beliefs about food and exercise, body image, any of that, that is what we want to pay attention to. Things don't have to be diagnosable to one, be treatable and two, be issues or problems. And thinking that way is actually what gets us from disordered eating to eating disorders on a fast track. You can have disordered eating and not meet the full criteria of an eating disorder and still need help. That's really what I want everybody to hear. You could still need help in that area. So deciding what that is outside of like needing it for insurance purposes, for paperwork and reimbursement, like that's not the most important thing. And that's not really the main question I'm ever asking a client or asking myself when it comes to a client or even a friend or somebody that I see is struggling. And again, a lot of disordered eating habits and and behaviors do put us on that fast track to eventually have a full-fledged eating disorder and, and be dancing around eating disorder land. Eating disorders are progressive, so they build and they get worse over time. So starting with the it's not such a big deal things eventually lead to the life-threatening things. And what I want people to know is that your life does not have to be threatened in the moment for it to matter. For it to matter for you personally or for another person, a friend that you see struggling or a colleague or a family member. If your thoughts about your body, about food, about exercise, any of that is getting in the way and impacting the quality of your life, that makes it important. And also... It's important to remember here that my quality of life doesn't have to be everyone else's quality of life, which makes it sticky to spot something that actually is impacting the quality of your life. And it makes it hard to actually have the courage to acknowledge that this thing is impacting your life because we can make excuses for ourselves or we can overly judge someone else's behavior um, because we're comparing our quality of life to um, what other somebody else is is accepting and wanting. And sometimes we say like, oh, like I'm happy. This is this is great. Like I love living life, life like this. But really, you're kind of lying to yourself so you can keep up. Um, those behaviors, because getting rid of those behaviors is really scary. And what I want anybody to know, if you just resonated with that, when you go to get help from these things, when you go to get help from any kind of behavior that is impacting the quality of your life, what we're not going to do is strip you of everything that helps you stay alive. Um, I believe that a lot of the negative behaviors, the maladaptive, and actually maladaptive is a better word for this, maladaptive behaviors that we use, they're doing something for us. And at one point, they really probably did work more than help. However, eventually, they started to hurt more than help. And we keep using them, thinking that like, we're going to get back to that place where they would help. And so that's what makes it so scary to let go of those behaviors. And so it feels very threatening to even think about changing the idea that those behaviors would be available or not available to you. And so what I want people to know is that we're not going to strip you, speaking of therapists, but we're not stripping you of everything that allows you to stay above the water. We want to help figure out like 
what is making it feel like you're drowning? And can we offer you a life vest or some floaties or a paddle or a new boat so you can get out of the boat that is now actually drowning you or you can get out of the life vest that now is deflated? So that sometimes is hard to hear, but I want people to know that the point is not to flood you with feelings of desperation and fear and all of that. But what I was saying when it comes to this is is to like this goes back to we can't help somebody unless they want they want help. We can't force somebody to see something as a problem until they see it as a problem because the more we kind of just try to like push them to see it, the the more they're kind of like going to build up these these defensives and whether that's isolation or that's excuses or they build up in their head even these stories that help them maintain that these behaviors are good. So again, it goes back to the question right before sharing that you care about somebody is way more important than sharing what you know and, and telling them what is best for them, letting them know that you care about them and that you're here um, when things aren't working out is one of the best things that you can do for anybody. And letting them know that we will be here when they are ready, when they have realized that there's somebody poked a hole in their floaties. We will be here ready to help them take those ones off and help to kind of shimmy some new ones on. So if you have any follow-up questions to any of these, know that my email is always open to receive those. Again, it's Catherine at unitherapypodcast.com. I hope that this week, even if it is a small tinge of it, this week has helped bring some kind of awareness or hope to you, has taught you something about eating disorders or has given you hope for help within the realm of eating disorders because that's what this week is all about. It's not to spread the doom and gloom. I know we get caught on some of the statistics, the one that we see the most, I think, during this week. And I mean, I even said it on last week's podcast is how deadly eating disorders are and how serious they are. And I don't share that statistic to create like this fear mongering, like scare people into believing that this is a thing and take it seriously. I, I say that to acknowledge the reality of what really is going on. And when we can acknowledge the reality of how serious these are, that's also where we can offer hope to find help. So we don't have to get to the point where we are adding to the statistic of just how deadly these, these things can be. So I hope this was helpful as always. And again, reach out to me, Catherine at unitherapypodcast.com. If you have any questions, follow up questions to some of the things that we talked about this week. I hope you guys are having the day you need to have. And I will be back with you on Monday. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity. And the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. A new season of Bridgerton is here. 
And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.